Welcome to your podcast or mine, where the creative minds behind the mic are interviewed. Now, let's get things started. Here's your host, Sherry. Welcome to another episode of Your Podcast or Mine. I'm Sherry, and today I'm speaking with Sagan Morrow, the creative mind behind the podcast Indie Author Weekly. So, uh, Sagan, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today and for talking to us about your podcast and and other uh, things today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Sherry. So, um, why don't you give a brief description of uh, yourself and the podcast, and and then we'll move on from there. Sure. Um, so my name is Sagan. Um, I'm a writer, and I've I've had my own business now for about a decade. Uh, I started off as a health blogger, and I became a freelance writer and editor and social media manager for clients. Um, and then a few years ago, I began teaching other people how to start their own home-based businesses and how to work from home really productively. Um, and so I started doing that. I wrote a book about my experiences and the book was really about, um, it was just answering a whole bunch of questions that I kept on getting from people who were really curious about the freelance lifestyle. And it kind of snowballed from there that I began teaching online courses as well. Uh, and then about a year and a half ago, I, uh, I started writing romance novels and I began documenting my journey of writing and publishing these novels on, a, on an ongoing basis through my podcast, Indie Author Weekly. Well, you are self-published, so Indie Author Weekly is is primarily um, geared towards the independent author or the self-published author. Am I correct? I mean, I, I'm assuming it, it'll it crosses the barriers, and you know, people that that are wanting to get published by a, a major book, you know, publisher can also listen and, and get tips as well, but. Um, from what you know, I heard from from it. It's basically geared towards the the person who wants to to keep all of the uh, control, so to speak, within themselves. Am I right? Yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, I really love that. I really love that aspect of control and being able to have complete creative control over your own book and being able to create your own deadlines and that kind of thing. Um, so the podcast is really about sharing that journey and sharing the things that I learned along the way, as well as actionable steps that other authors can take to apply this kind of experience to their own books. Um, I am, you know, certainly I would, I would love to at some point work with a traditional publishing company, and I'm sure I will share all about that on the Indie Author Weekly podcast when it happens, but you know, it's it's a really interesting process to write and self-publish books, especially when you do have to create your own deadlines and that kind of thing. And, you know, I hear so often from people that they say, oh, that's really cool that you've written a book. I've always wanted to write a book. I have this idea, but I just haven't gotten around to it. And so the Indie Author Weekly podcast kind of takes that question and that, that sort of uh, comment and expands on you know, if you are interested in writing a book, here is how you can do it. Here is how you can discipline yourself. Here is how to outline a book. Here is how to edit your own work if you don't have the budget to hire an editor. Um, so it's been really interesting to share 
the different types of lessons I've learned along the way, the mistakes that I've made, um, and, and just to be able to share that entire experience with people. Yeah, well, I, I happen to be in that sort of group that I, I have a book idea or two in my head and a, a basic outline, but it's the self-discipline that really is holding me back. <laughs> yeah. So a podcast like, like yours is very encouraging to someone like me. Um, I'm, I'm a music journalist and, a, you know, a, just like a article writer in, in general. So like expanding on that is, is, and getting past that one article is like, I think the biggest obstacle for, for myself. So, um, you know, having a podcast that's out there that is supportive of, of people's, uh, you know, dreams or aspirations is, is kind of neat to, to have, you know, to choose from out of all the podcasts that are out there. So. Yeah. And I, you know, it's, such an important thing. And I mean, I was in that boat too, right? For years and years, I was always, I would write a book during National Novel Writing Month. I'd write my first draft and then I would just set a book aside and then I, I wouldn't touch it. I've written so many drafts of books over the years, even since I was a kid. And it like, it took this long for me to finally write my and publish my first novella. And to really get to this point, I was like, okay, there are so many people out there who are struggling with the same type of thing. So it's a lot of fun to be able to share that experience and to explore all the different ways that we can overcome those, those hurdles. So what compelled you to become a podcaster? Was there a particular uh, thing that you heard, a, a podcast series, or um, was it something that you had always been thinking about doing or had you enjoyed, you know, something and got an idea or did someone suggest it to you? What what uh, started that process? Well, many years ago, I actually co-hosted a local talk radio show. Um, it was an hour-long thing every single week, and we talked about health and, and local food and that kind of thing. And I always, I really enjoyed that. Um, I've always really enjoyed doing a lot of different types of public speaking, um, and so when that radio show ended um, a few years ago, I ended up hosting, uh, co-hosting a podcast about small business, and that lasted for just a year. Um, my co-host and I were business partners, and then we sort of parted ways. And so I've, I've always enjoyed that aspect of things, but it was quite funny because when I started writing these romance novellas, I, I had an email list, and I was starting to write these emails to people who had signed up for this email list. They wanted to, you know, access excerpts of upcoming books and that kind of thing. And I found that I was so compelled, you know, I was, I was sharing about the characters and behind the scenes of the writing process, but I found that these emails were getting longer and longer and longer. And I was really starting to share a lot more about not just my books, but using my books as sort of examples for how other people can learn from me. And so then I decided, okay, well, I don't want to have to do an entire podcast by myself because it felt like it would be a lot of work to do all the tech sort of stuff. And so I decided that I would just do these audio recordings as a secret podcast. So only people who signed up for my email list would be able to access it. And I had some, some people on my email list who were listening to it. And this one person, my one friend in particular, she just, she said to me, you know, Sagan, 
this, these audio recordings are fantastic and they're such a great resource for people. You should really just turn this into a regular podcast. And I was like, ah, oh, it's going to be so much work to do by myself. And then I did a little bit of research and I realized how straightforward podcasting can actually be. And it doesn't, it doesn't need to be this huge, intense process. Um, and within a couple of days, <laughs> I had transferred my secret podcast into becoming a real podcast. Um, so I think I was, I had already, I had already recorded 13 episodes that were on my secret podcast. And so I was already 13 episodes in by the time that I launched Indie Author Weekly. Uh, and I've just kept it that sort of like bare bones, um, simple type of podcast. You know, each episode is under 20 minutes. It's just me chatting about things and, and sharing step-by-step guides and all of that. So that's been, it's been kind of great. It's, it was really interesting how the podcast just happened very organically. And it, it doesn't just cover um, one specific thing. I mean, you, you discuss a lot of topics like what friends can do to help uh, their, you know, their friends who are authors or independent authors or um, a book excerpt, excerpt excuse me, <laughs> um, from one of your uh, recent books that just came out or um, prompting uh, someone for uh, NaNoWriMo or, and, you know, there are, are, you know, there's a wide range of, of topics that you cover. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, I really felt that if I limited it to only talking about my books or only talking about any particular aspects, and that would just, it would be too limiting. So it's really fun to be able to just talk about so many things that are encompassing when you are a self-published indie author and really going at it from that standpoint of, you know, people can, can tune in and they can enjoy it whether or not they are um, an author themselves, whether they are an aspiring author, whether they are interested in actually, you know, my romance novels that I write, um, or, you know, whether they just are a bookworm who's curious about what goes on behind the scenes for authors. So it's fun that it can encompass all of those different pieces. So what type of equipment do you use to record and edit? I mean, it could be from bare bones to, um, using your phone or it could be like a multimedia studio with a big, you know, with a production staff. <laughs> How do you do it? Absolutely. Um, I have my blue Yeti mic that I absolutely love that I had gotten a few years back when I started recording online courses. Um, so I always use my blue Yeti mic. I record right in QuickTime on my MacBook and I never, I, rarely need to do any editing. I think the only times that I've actually edited my episodes have been, you know, when I had a coughing fit or something like that in the middle of it. Um, so it's, it's nice and simple and straightforward in that sense. Um, when I do edit, I use Audacity to edit. And then I upload my episodes um, onto Buzzsprout, which just automatically puts the podcast on Spotify and iTunes and all of that. Um, I still have the secret podcast, and it includes um, all of the complete written transcripts of each episode, plus like some um, like the um, book excerpts and a few other little bonuses, like a word count tracker spreadsheet. So I use that. I do that in Teachable. 
Um, and then I also like to create little one minute sort of snippets of each episode. So I do that in headliner and make little audiograms. So that's, yeah. that's basically the equipment that I use. It's very, very straightforward. <laughs> so how often do you uh, release Indie Author Weekly? Every Tuesday. Yeah. Every Tuesday. Um, yeah. And, you know, I don't tend to record necessarily on a weekly basis. I did for a very long time. And then when I was recently traveling um, for about a month, then I, you know, batch, ep- I batch recorded episodes all in one go. But I, I like doing it and keeping it fairly current. So I don't like to, to record episodes too far in advance, if at all possible. I kind of like to do maybe two at a time and just be like a couple of weeks ahead. Um, but yeah, they are, they are released every Tuesday. That was going to be my next question. Um, you know, being that it, it's an independent podcast too, you're, you're basically doing everything um, yourself. Uh, I, my question was going to be, do you batch episodes, you know, just in case, you know, something, a life event comes up that you have to step away from uh, your computer to you know, to take care of, <laughs> or you want to go on vacation, you know, or the holidays, for example, like, you know, that that's, it's, it's very difficult being the sole person working on a, a book per se, or a podcast or any project that, you know, even entrepreneurial, especially if you don't have, you know, you're the only support that you have. So, that that was going to be my next question about you know batching episodes or or creating more content so that you can enjoy some time out for yourself. <laughs> yeah, and I and this is such a an important piece, right? And it's it's also kind of funny because I mean productivity and time management is kind of my thing <laughs> outside of writing these books. That's basically what I teach other solopreneurs is how to be productive and how to manage your time effectively. So for myself, I often will write the app. Like I have certain days of the week when I will write episodes. And then, you know, um, it's usually Fridays, I'll write an episode, Saturday, I'll record an episode. And maybe I'll write several episodes on that Friday and I'll record several episodes on the Saturday. But that's like, it tends to be certain days of the week that I will do these things. Um, I'll often also have an idea in mind of, oh, I want to talk about this topic on the podcast at some point. So I might write down a few paragraphs of my script and then I'll have that in this big Google, Google, Google Drive folder um, that just has all of my scripts and all of my plans. Um, and I have like a spreadsheet that has, you know, the different topic ideas in general that I want to use. And that way, when it comes time to writing out the entire script for a particular episode, I can really do it based on what perhaps I'm experiencing at that point in my writing journey or, um, or what just feels like a, a really important thing to discuss at that point in time. So it works out really well in that sense, just having it sort of scheduled like that and really planning ahead for, you know, what will I need to talk about or what will I want to do at, at a certain point in time. I see. Um, so what are your thoughts on pod fade and how do you avoid it yourself? On which? Pod fade. That means that people um, 
giving up uh, their podcast after seven episodes. That's that's the average. Um, how do you avoid pod fade or um, you know just <laughs> just the the frustration of of editing and creating? Yeah, that's such a great question. I find, I mean, I am now at the time of you know us, us having this conversation, I've um, published. 36 episodes on Indie Author Weekly. And I find that the most important thing is to make it fun and make it easy. I think there's so many things that we do in our lives and our businesses and with our podcasts where we overcomplicate things. We make it harder than it needs to be. So really looking for ways to make it easier and faster and more enjoyable is a really good way to ensure that we actually keep doing it. And having that kind of consistent schedule as well, when we know that we always release on a release a new episode on a recurring basis, whatever that might be, right? If that's once a week, if it's twice a month, um, but having that kind of consistency definitely helps us to keep moving forward with the habit. Um, so I, I do think that that's important. And, you know, like I said, I like to keep mine bare bones and very simple and some of my episodes are less than 10 minutes long and that's a good way for me to keep on top of it and each episode still has a lot of value but it doesn't need to take this huge amount of time so I really find that making it as easy and as as enjoyable as possible is a very important aspect to it. Yes, I agree. <laughs> so are there podcasts that you listen to regularly that you really enjoy? Oh, my goodness. There's so many. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of some of them. Uh, the Creative Pen is a really great one uh, that talks all, like a lot about books and that kind of thing. Um, a lot about book marketing, where, you know, for Indie Author Weekly, it's much more about the, the ongoing journey of, of it, of writing a book and editing it and all those pieces. Um, I love the Polly Weekly podcast. It's all about um, ethical non-monogamy and open relationships and that kind of thing, which is the topic of my romance novel. So it's a, it's another good one to have. Um, I also enjoy uh, the Scalability Show. That's another really great podcast. It's all about growing your business. Um, a lot of things involved in that show are about growing your business when you are a CEO and we have an entire team, but a lot of it can still be applied to solopreneurs. So those are just a few of a few of my favorites. <laughs> yes, I know. Us as podcasters, we tend to have a, a large uh, <laughs> laundry list of, of podcasts that we listen to on a regular basis, and then we add more. So <laughs> when we find find <laughs> out about them. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say is a common myth about podcasting? Hmm. I think that one of the big ones is that every podcast needs to be done in a very certain way. Um, so, you know, if you want to have guests on your podcast, that's fantastic. But if you don't want to, like I, I don't at this point in time, um, then you don't need to. And it's the same with, you know, an introductory an introductory song and theme sort of thing going on. If you don't, if you feel like that's going to be a barrier for you to actually starting and launching your podcast, then you don't need to necessarily add that piece. 
Um, I think also we get into this habit where we feel as though podcasts need to be perfectly edited. We need to take out all of the little um, mistakes and that kind of thing that we make along the way. And that's not necessarily true. Uh, if there are organic conversations and there are so many different ways to do podcasting nowadays that there is no one right way to do it. It's really about figuring out your own path and whatever feels again, enjoyable and easy for you, whatever feels right for you. I concur with that <laughs> on all of those, <laughs> on all of those points. Um, yeah. Especially the, the making it sound perfect part of it, uh, especially if you're an interviewer, because a, a conversation is going to include ums and pauses and, uh, awkward laughs and, and things of that nature. I, I'm the queen of awkward laughs, so um, <laughs> but I'll keep it in because that's that's who I am. I'm not going to cut it out because then uh, did I find that what that person said was funny? Um, I did, but you know that the interviewer is not laughing, so you know, <laughs> so that that's how I feel about it too. But. Um, yeah. And I think that that's another really good point too, where like you, you do want it to sound natural. And I, I often find, you know, it's very odd when you've been following someone for a while and you like, you listen to their podcast and then they come on Instagram live and, or Instagram stories and, and you see them doing a live video and they seem completely different than what their podcast is like. Or, you know, if someone's writing, um, writing, you receive their emails in your inbox, and then you see them doing a live video, and they're a completely different sort of tone and style of speaking. Like what you, what we really want across the board is that all of our ways of speaking and coming across, it all has that sort of underlying tone where someone can hear us or read our words, and they can pretty much instantly say, oh, you know, that's Sherry or that's Fagan. And to have that consistency and the cohesive aspect there is really important. So having a, a nice natural tone to a podcast can be really nice. Yeah. I mean, it's just like saying, you know, um, like you're saying, a personality on paper can be completely different on an Instagram or a Facebook Live or a YouTube video. That that would be like if someone uh, wrote a thesis about physics and they came on a Facebook Live and smashed a watermelon with a mallet and did like a whole comedy routine. It's like, where did this person come from? I mean, that's great that they have a sense of humor, but I really wanted to tune in to listen to you talk about the the theory of of yeah. splitting atoms or something, you know, like your thoughts yeah. on that. So <laughs> not not watching you smash a watermelon unless it had something to do with it, you know. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just came up with that off of the cuff, but. <laughs> like it, like it. <laughs> so, um, so how would you say that podcasting has improved or changed your life? Um, I think one of the really interesting things that I have found with my podcast is because I use it almost as a way to document my journey of writing books, it helps me to stay accountable <laughs> with 
with these books, with actually, with publishing them. Um, so that's pretty cool. And it's also fun to write the different episodes because sometimes I'll, I'll talk about an issue that I'm having with a particular thing that I'm writing about in my book, um, or I'll, I'll talk about a, you know, just different problems that might be coming up along the way. And recording an episode of that can be cathartic and it can be a really wonderful opportunity for me to work through something in my book that I didn't even sort of recognize might have been happening. So that's been a really cool aspect for me that I didn't even expect would come across, um, that, that it's really helped support my book writing and my understanding of how a story is unfolding, even as I'm sharing that journey along for other people. So it's nice to be able to benefit from it um, on both sides of the coin. Yeah. So what is the most challenging part about podcasting for you? Well, because I, because I have created my podcast to make it this, again, very simple, easy, enjoyable sort of thing, I don't really find a whole lot difficult about it. Um, the only, I guess the, the real thing is just getting it out there, right? That's always the, uh, the struggle. I'm definitely a really big content creator. I love creating content and making sure to then actually ensure that people are accessing it um, is a big thing. And I don't put the effort in that I should <laughs> to creating really strong summaries of episodes um, for, you know, search engine purposes and that kind of thing. And, you know, at, at some point I will put the effort in, but at this point it just hasn't been my main priority. So I would say that's probably the biggest issue. Yeah, yeah. Um, have there been any resources that have helped you along the way? Oh, yes. Um, oh, I can't, I can't even think about it. There was one, I mean, there's, of course, the She Podcast Facebook group um, is a wonderful, wonderful resource. And I found, the reason why I found Buzzsprout was because I had, I had Googled, you know, podcast platforms and this one giant podcaster who's really wonderful. Is it maybe it's the smart passive income person? Um, he had this whole explanation about how to use Buzzsprout, and it was absolutely fantastic. And that's how I started using it. I hope it's the smart passive income guy. <laughs> um, if it's not, then he just gets a shout out anyways. But I really found that that was one of the really great resources. Um, but otherwise, you know, she podcasts has been absolutely wonderful for just yes, they're a supportive group of people. Right? Yeah. It's, it's so lovely to be able to connect with people and to learn from others. And, you know, I was having a problem a while back with editing, which is really the other challenge that I face with my podcast. Um, the very few times that I do decide to edit. Um, and I had a problem and within like five minutes, I think someone had helped me out and it's, it's just really lovely to get that kind of support. So what do you wish you had known uh, when you started out podcasting? Um, I mean, this could even go back uh, to your your previous podcast. I think that the biggest thing that I would have wanted to learn from my previous podcast was that it doesn't need to be as much work as you think it needs to be, <laughs> um, which I'm really glad that I applied that sort of thinking to starting this podcast. Um, yeah, I, I think that that would probably 
be the big one. And also just that it's not necessary to put, to put huge amounts of pressure on ourselves, right? Um, some episodes are, we're going to love more than others. And some episodes, other people are going to love more than others. And the fun thing about having a podcast is that there's always room for it to grow and to expand on different things. It's been fun too, because sometimes I'll record an episode and I'll realize after the fact, oh, I wish that I would have also said this, this, and this. And it's just an opportunity for a follow-up episode. So there's just always more opportunities. And we sometimes get stalled because we're so hung up on what if I make a mistake or what if I don't do as good of a job as I want to with this particular piece. Um, But there's always room to do more. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we're our own, you know, biggest critics, I think, Uh, you know, and there could be an episode like I really punch myself about, you know, like I really am frustrated and it's not necessarily um, my guest fault. It's primarily, you know, like I think it's in my head, you know, and it turns out to be an excellent episode and people like I get a lot of feedback on it. So there's really no rhyme or reason to it. It's just, it's just all in your head, really, you know. So true. <laughs> so um, getting back to uh, the author side, I always ask a question towards the um, close of the show about um, having dinner and um, with with people. So my question for you is if you could have dinner with any three authors, dead or alive, who would it be? And uh, a brief description why. This is quite a question. Um, it's such a great, great question, and it's really hard to choose. Um, I know. <laughs> definitely one of my top authors that I would love to, love to have dinner with would be Lauren Lane. Um, she writes wonderful romantic comedy type of type of books um, that are set in New York, and she just seems like such a fascinating person. Uh, so I would really love to chat with her and get to know her. I think that she would probably be my my top person at this point who I would want to sit down with. Yeah. Um, any. Any others that stand out, uh, mainstream or, or not? I mean, I wouldn't mind having, you know, dinner with Carl Sagan, right, my, my namesake. Uh-huh. Um, he wrote the wonderful book, Contact. He's just an incredible, incredible person, very fascinating. Um, so I, I, wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind having him at my dinner table either. <laughs> I'm going to throw out a, a Stephen King just for good measure, too. <laughs> Because he, Stephen King, I, I, you know, I, horror readings just like kind of terrify me, but his book on writing is absolutely incredible and it is just beautiful. Like he has a very, a very lovely style of writing. Yes. And, and that's, that's, it is consistent through all of his books. They're very, you know, they flow. Uh, and, you know, you, you never know what you're going to expect from him. Harlan Coben is another one, uh, a mystery. He's like a thriller mystery writer. I really love him. Uh, but Stephen King, the, the book on writing is, is just, you know, even if you're not a horror fan like you like you or, you know, anyone else, it's a great book. It just is honest and 
forthcoming and you know it it tells it like it is you know <laughs> it, it cuts away a lot of the bs from from uh common misconceptions about writing a book absolutely and i love that word honest yeah he's his writing his book on the on writing book just does come across very honest you're absolutely right <laughs> so um Tell us about your books. I mean, you you have a and recently you just put out a, a new book, and that's part of a series, right? Yes, um, the books that I write are that I started about a year and a half ago. There's six books in the series so far, and there's going to be nine in total. Um, it's called Polyamorous Passions, and the idea behind these books is that they are romantic comedies, and they follow the lives of three best friends as they each discover um, and explore ethical non-monogamy in their own ways. So the first three books follow one character, the, se- the next set of books follow another, and books seven to nine follow the third, um, the third best friend. So it's been a lot of fun to uh, see how these characters have grown throughout the series and to be able to have some of the side characters pop up again and again across each of the books. Um, it's, oh, I, I really enjoy writing them and they're all novellas. So it's been a lot, it's been really interesting to write them and, and carry on the series in that sort of way um, to be able to write these shorter books so that I can write and publish them a lot faster. I publish a new one about every three months or so. And that's been a really great way for me to also sort of see how my writing and my ability of storytelling has improved over that time, um, which is also very exciting to see how much more it will, it will continue to improve as the years go on. You know, again, I've been doing this for just a year and a half from, from the novel writing side of it. So that's been, it's, it's definitely been a journey I've been writing uh, nonfiction for so many years now, and I have a good handle on that. But writing fiction is just a whole other ballgame, and that's just <laughs> just an experience. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's an experience, and and as a writer, I you know going back and looking at previous like like for me, I'm an article writer. Even going back and and reading those articles, I could pick it pick at it and, um, you know, revise it again to make it even better or um, or learn from that and, and move on to a, a better writing. So, yeah. I, I mean, and and that's an evolution that, that continues. I mean, you, you could be a good writer from the time that you're, you know, pretty much out of the womb, but you there's always room for improvement. And <laughs> unless you've got like a whole group of writers working with you, the only person that's going to understand that is is going to be you, you know. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's so true. And you know, I've had some readers who have followed me along right from the beginning, and it's been such a delight to hear that one of the things that they've been telling me is, you know, the writing gets better with every book. The stories get better with every book. And these are people who really liked the, the first one in the series. So it's it's lovely to see when other people also recognize that the improvement is happening. And you're absolutely right. There's one of the best parts about writing is that there's always room for improvement. Um, and I mean, good is such a such a subjective word, right? If we're a good writer or not, it's very, um, very much someone's opinion. So it's really focusing on is this book better than the last? That's 
always my ultimate goal. I just want every book that I write to be better than the last one. Um, and it's also, I really enjoy with this type of series. When I first started them, I was like, okay, it's, it's romance, it's contemporary. And I didn't really know what else to say about the genre besides that. Uh, and so I, I've been experimenting with the genres, with the sort of subgenre of romance throughout each book. And so one of the books is like a little bit more uh, dramatic and emotional. One of the books is a little bit steamier. Um, my most recent book, uh, Out of Control, book six, is much more of a romantic comedy than the others. And having that experimental opportunity as an indie author and also in writing these shorter novellas within a series, it's really wonderful to be able to play so much with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, how can people find your podcast on social media or um, to listen to it or to learn more about uh, your, your books or your, uh, you know, cl- online courses? Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram quite a lot. So those are really good places to find me at Sagan Lives. And on my website, saganmorrow.com, I have all of the information about my online courses about productivity, all the information about my romance novels, and of course, the Indie Author Weekly podcast. So um, you can check out my books, saganmorrow.com slash books or search polyamorous passions on your favorite uh, online bookstore and tune into the Indie Author Weekly podcast at saganmorrow.com slash podcast or um, search Indie Author Weekly on iTunes, Spotify, whichever uh, podcasting platform you prefer. Great. So if you could step into my shoes, what would you have asked that I didn't or did I cover everything? You did a wonderful job. (laughs) Um, Yeah, this is, you know, it's always fun to talk about the podcasting sort of life when sometimes when those of us who don't podcast about podcasting, right, we don't get an opportunity to really dive into it. So it's been really lovely to be able to chat about being a podcaster. Thank you. Yes, I when I listen to a podcast, I like to know like the nuts and bolts behind it, you know, like what makes it tick. So mm-hmm. uh that's one of the reasons why I started the show. So, um before we wrap up, do you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to share to people listening who are just discovering your podcast or for um avid listeners of Indie Author Weekly? Um I would say, you know, well, welcome to the welcome to the podcast. <laughs> I hope you enjoy. Um, if you are listening to Indie Author Weekly, then please, you know, feel free at any time to ask me questions about what topics you would love to see because I love taking requests. Um, and also, you know, there's there's so much opportunity when we just dive in with both feet and just take action on our ideas. And that's really what I did with my books and with my podcast. And there's there's so much opportunity in the world. There's so many different things that we can do with our lives, with our podcasts, with our businesses. So I would just really want to encourage you to um, follow where your creativity leads and have fun with it. And don't make, don't make things so hard on yourself. 
Yes. Well, thank you again, Sagan, for coming on to your podcaster mind and for talking about your podcast, your books, your uh, online courses, everything. Um, so, it, you know, feel free to come on anytime if you have a, a landmark episode that you'd like to, to come on and talk about. Great. Or you're releasing a, a book, you know, come on the show. Um, we'd love to have you back. So um, thanks again for, for joining me on your podcast, mine. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Sherry. Thanks. And to everyone listening, uh, have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>